Hello, hello. My name is Jess, and this is patient POV. Um, first and foremost, apologize my voice as um, the intro is being recorded just after I'm getting over a little bit of a flu um, or cold. And so um, I apologize for that, but I am so excited to be here with you guys today. Um, a few things before we jump in. First and foremost, we want to say congratulations to Elda, my service dog in training, as this week we got a certification in the mail of her first test being completed. If you are watching, you can take a look at that beautiful certification that's going to get put on the wall um, just above her bed and it is Canadian Kennel Club has uh, a test and unfortunately where I live in Ontario we don't have any um, mandated certifications needed for service dogs and so um, we are training my service dog Elda with her trainer to be at the highest level in Canada which is the BC um, certifications and so we did the this test which is the first test and um, the trainer that I'm working with she has a program basically where um, you go through this test first and then you work to the next one so we're working towards this next one and she's almost got all the things um trained up to everything and so um yeah we're super excited for her and so stay on this journey with us because I will keep giving you updates on her so that's Alda um this week like I mentioned I had a little bit of a cold um and I was nervous I've always been nervous to get a cold um but I had one, but I didn't end up in the ER. Um, I'm always worried because my heart uh, sometimes goes a little too um, tachycardic, but I didn't end up in the ER this week. So yay, that is amazing. I do really think that my um, exercise rehab has been really helping and um, that kind of just shows what it how how it is helping um i stayed nice and calm and um really took it easy this week but uh, i'm still very very proud of that and um so one thing that i wanted to share with everybody was um i mentioned a few weeks ago that i would be starting um a survey every sunday i will be posting hopefully every sunday i will be posting a question box um where you can either give thoughts about anything chronic illness related, um, any stories you want to share, whether it's about appointments or just um, stories from the past about uh, chronic illness or something somebody said to you, um, or you can post questions. And so this past week, um, we had a few questions and stories, but one I really wanted to highlight in particular was a question that was sent in. Um, and the question is, what are some ways to be more mindful and inclusive of our friends with chronic illnesses? And so some things that I came up with and then our guest Jen, um, I was able to chat with her about this question as well. And um, she gave some of her thoughts. So some things that I had mentioned um, was try not to be toxically positive with phrase like it could be worse or at least it's not and then insert a quote unquote worse condition um, because everything somebody with a chronic illness is going through is pretty brutal and it's brutal in our own way and um, we don't need to be comparing because um, things can sometimes suck in their own way and so toxic positivity is something we can try to avoid um 
Another thing is like, unless a friend has specifically said that if it's a group event, I won't be able to come um, just because of like immune system issues or um, social batteries or different things like that. Unless they specifically said that, keep inviting your friends to hang out with you. Um, even if they've no said no or canceled multiple times, um, they, we still like to be included and we're on that note, if we are saying no or having to cancel or reschedule or things like that, don't get mad or frustrated towards them. Like we understand the emotions, but we're just as disappointed and sad that we can't go out that day. And so it's nothing against you. Just come have an attitude towards them of a little bit more grace of an understanding of they're not doing this because they're trying to do it against me. They're doing this like canceling. They're doing that because they literally have no other choice because they're either exhausted or they're in pain or whatever they're going through. Um, another thing is check in on your friends. See how they're doing. Say hi. Even if you feel like you're the one who's always saying hi first, um, keep doing it. I know it's sometimes exhausting, but it's it's always nice to um, have somebody reach out. Um, it can be very lonely in chronic illnesses. Um, so just keep saying hi. Um, Jen, who we're going to hear more about from today, um, she wanted to add that you can educate yourself. Either ask them how their chronic illness impacts their life or Google it. That was one of the most, something that somebody said to me was, oh, I Googled your condition. I went, you, you care, like you cared enough to try to do research yourself. And so um, educate yourself, listen to them, be flexible, check in regularly. So that's a common one as well. Include them, be empathetic, respect their needs and celebrate their strengths. Um, so that was, uh, we had some very similar answers as well. So just proves that um, those are some things that you could be doing. And then um, she also has a saying, which is um, be a spoon collector, not a fork giver. Um, she has a really great um, a really great post about spoon cutlery and um, a spoony cutlery and forks are external stressors. Knives are traumas. Whisks are agitation and overwhelming things. And then spoons are energy. And that's all a part of the spoon theory. And so if you want to hear more information about um, the cutlery analogy, um, head over to gracefully underscore Jen um, to see some of her posts because she has some really great posts about that. And I will repost that. Um, she has a cute little drawing about the different types of uh, cutlery. And so I'll post that on my story today, which is Sunday, February 18th. If you want to uh, see it today, it'll probably be on until tomorrow afternoon. So that's Monday afternoon. Um, yeah. So like I said, Jen, um, so excited to hear from her. She has her own podcast as well, which is My Spoonie Sisters. Um, and I was able to be featured on her episode, which that episode comes out. I was able to be featured on that podcast. And that episode comes out um, tomorrow on My Spoonie Sisters podcast. And yeah, thank you guys so much for supporting. If you have any questions, stories, or anything like that, head over to my Instagram. Um, in the bio, there's also a link uh, to a survey, which you can fill out at any time, but then I will always try to have the box of questions um, available every Sunday or so, and then it'll typically get posted um, the week later. Uh, yeah, or you can DM me. That also works. <laughs> 
anyways, thank you guys for all your support. And don't forget to subscribe and um, write a review if you feel inclined to. And I hope you guys all have a great week ahead. Hello, hello. How are you today? I am well. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and doing the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so do you want to just jump right on in and just chat about um, who you are, your background and kind of your health journey? Sure. Uh, yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer Weaver, and I am the host of My Spoonie Sisters podcast and uh, a content creator over on Instagram as well. Most people know me as Gracefully Jen, and I live with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, pustular psoriasis, alopecia areata and some fun stomach problems along the way as well. And, uh, you know, I do what I do because I want to support other people going through the things that I've gone through. Uh, I felt very alone when I was first diagnosed and I never want anyone to feel that way. So that's why I do what I do. Yay. Yeah. That's amazing. And so could you just, um, briefly explain what those conditions are and how they, how they affect you in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So rheumatoid arthritis is an inflammatory condition. And a lot of times people think of that as your grandma's disease. And, you know, when I first started having issues, I thought so too. And at the time I was 31 years old and no, <laughs> it is not your grandma's disease. It, 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 affects, you know, your joints, but it also affects inflammation in other areas of your body. It can affect your heart, your lungs. And so there's so much more into play with that than a lot of people think it's not just arthritis. And so there's that one, uh, the pustular psoriasis that was actually brought on by an allergic reaction to a biologic I was on for my rheumatoid arthritis. <clears throat> and in 1% of people, you can have this reaction. And, and I was one of those lucky ones. And, uh, unfortunately it's something I have to live with for life. It's, it's very similar to psoriasis. The plaques are very different. So you get sores all over your body that are filled with pus and it looks disgusting and it's very painful. <laughs> So that, that was a, a fun journey that came on in 2017. And I thought I was already going through some bad stuff with inflammation. So that was fun. Uh, alopecia areata, that is uh, where your hair falls out. <laughs> and that started this year. So uh, we had just gotten back from a trip to Hawaii and I was noticing that some of my hair was not there. <laughs> So, uh, that's been a fun journey to, to find out that that's another autoimmune disease that it can affect people. And I'm starting to think my body just hates me. Yeah. Yeah. That it, I, I've, I've, I've often said that as well. <laughs> yeah. But, um, before we jump right into, um, the, the rest of the question or questions and, and diving into kind of more of what you were talking about. Um, one thing I ask everybody who comes on is, is there any current shows or movies or t uh, books that you're reading that doesn't have to do with chronic illness? Just what are you doing? What are you into right now? 
Oh, okay. So <laughs> what I do typically depends on the time of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those kind of people. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I've just shifted out of watching all the Christmas movies to now I'm trying to find more of, of you know, I, I don't know, uh, spring type things. I, I'm a, I'm a unique kind of person. I like, um, things like, uh, murder mysteries, but I also love like Hallmark stuff. (laughs) Good combo. um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like finding out a good murder mystery. I don't know, but so I'm trying to think, uh, I can't even remember the name of the one I watched the other day. It's fairly new and it, gosh, do you, remember the movie orphan mm-hmm. okay so there is like a documentary type thing that came out that's similar to that okay and and uh, basically a family was trying to accuse the child that they had adopted as not being a child oh i've um i've heard of this yeah Ugh. oh my goodness Everyone out there, if you're into to crazy things like that, please go find whatever it is I'm talking about. I can't remember the name, but it was it was really good, and it's quite the windy story. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you the end of it, but it it's crazy. These and people were nuts. It was it based on a true story? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, they were interviewing the the man, so the father, and they were interviewing the the girl as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah, if, was, if you think of it, send me it and I'll add it in the show notes description uh, for everyone who's looking. <laughs> okay, absolutely. If you if you can find it. <laughs> Brain fog is one of my best friends. You know, I can tell you all, all about the thing I'm trying to tell you about, but I can't actually <laughs> tell you the word. I do it all the time. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand as well. I also uh, mix up words where I'll be like, garage and I'll say microwave or something like that (laughs) yes I think my husband sometimes thinks I'm a little crazy because I'm looking straight at him absolutely serious and I'm trying to tell him something and I can't figure out why he's not understanding what I'm saying and it's probably because it does not make sense yeah no exactly like I know what I want to say but it's not coming out (laughs) and I think I'm saying it so I'm looking at you like you're crazy yeah exactly (laughs) for sure Um, so jumping in, um, you were mentioning a few things in there, but do you want to just, uh, speak specifically to the, any challenges that you have faced either getting diagnosed or with your current day-to-day life challenges? I think one of my biggest challenges was right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I started noticing joint pain. It was, it was only in my knee. It was in my left knee. And that was in 2010. So I was 30 years old with three children in middle school. And I was used to being active with them, roller skating, rollerblading, bike riding, hiking, all the things. And all of a sudden, this aggravating knee pain was going on. And as quick as it came, it disappeared. But then in 2011, it came again. And so speaking with my family doctor, I I said, something's not right. I don't know what's going on. And so, you know, they did, I think they did like an MRI, maybe a CT scan, an x-ray, like, you know, all the things that they always want to do and they weren't seeing anything and the pain just kept getting worse. And it was to the point where I couldn't keep up with the family when we were walking around, you know, if we went on a family vacation, I'm lagging far behind 
and it was waking me up at night. And so finally, my family doctor started doing some blood work and he came back with, um, for those that are familiar, it was like an ANA panel mm-hmm. and he didn't like the numbers. And he, and he said, there's something going on here. And at the time, what he actually thought was that I had a strep infection hiding in my knee. And I was like, what, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, you know, when we've gotten things like that, it, our bodies don't always fight it off all the way. And so sometimes they will hide in the strangest of places. So he thought it was in my knee joint. And so I was on several months worth of antibiotics with no improvement. And so we were nearing, you know, for those in in the US, we were nearing Thanksgiving in November. And so all the holidays were about to start happening. And uh, he wanted to send me to a rheumatologist because he said, you know, I think think there's more going on here than what I originally thought. It's time to, to go see a rheumatologist. I think you have some sort of rheumatism is what he called it. Well, because of the holidays and and errors by some of his employees, they didn't get all of my files sent over to the rheumatologist's office. And so they were refusing to schedule me. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, so by the time everything got sent over that needed to be sent over, we thought they booked me uh, for March. And that was as soon as they could get me in. Mm. And when I went in, in March, the rheumatologist came in and he said, well, I don't have all your tests that I asked them to send over. Uh, I, I almost feel like I shouldn't even have you in here today. And as soon as he said that, I just burst into tears <laughs> because I was going to be sent away and I didn't even live in that town. I had to drive a few hours to get there. So it was like, I just drove a few hours. I waited months. I'm in agonizing pain and you're talking about sending me away. I just bawled. Mm -hmm. And, and luckily he he was finally like, okay, I'll, I'll do a check, you know? So they, they check all your joints up and down and feel them. And they, they look for inflammation that they can feel. Uh, But he was missing a lot of the blood work and stuff that he needed. So ultimately he did start me on, you know, one of the first medications that they typically try people on, they're called DMARDs and, um, yeah, but that first appointment, he actually sent me out with three pamphlets and said, well, I think you have one of these. And I felt defeated. I felt like I wasn't important and. It's like, wow, you're just going to hand me pamphlets. You're not even going to describe them to me. So I feel like that was part of the hard stuff. But despite the pain, it was just the trying to get in there and then feeling dismissed. Yeah, no, for sure. And now I think there is a little bit of a misconception of American healthcare systems. um, Because until I started speaking to some of you guys from the States, I always assumed that you had a problem. You could call up your doctor if you had private insurance and you could just get in on appointment within like a short waiting time. But that seemed like a decently long waiting period. Can you explain a little bit about that, the healthcare system? Yeah. So, you know, it used to be, it felt like I had a problem, just called my doctor. They got me right in. And that, that can happen with your own family doctor once you're established but once you need to see a specialist, oh my goodness, you you there's no telling. Uh, right now, they want to have me go to, it's called OHSU. Um, it's a lipid clinic, specialty clinic uh, in Oregon near Portland. And uh, yeah, they are so booked out. 
they can't even get me in until March virtually or this summer in person. Mm. And, and it's January. And I was like, what? Seriously? But that, but that seems to, ha- it's like they're having a shortage in specialists. Mm. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Good to know. And then on your day-to-day life, what would be some of the challenges you might face um, within your condition because of your condition? Uh, currently or in the past? Um, why don't we do currently? Okay. Currently, you know, my, my RA, my rheumatoid arthritis is fairly controlled. And so it's not as bad as it used to be. And so, you know, a lot of times I wake up in the morning, I'm stiff and sore. I I need to get my movement in, you know, a lot of us, uh, you'll hear us and see us talk on Instagram about choosing movement. It is very important. It doesn't matter how much pain you're in. I mean, it does matter, but you have to find a way to move a little bit because if you don't, the pain is going to get so much worse. <clears throat> and so my, my, the first thing I need to do, you know, this morning I got up, my knees really sore. I'm limping around the house. And I was like, you know what? I just got to, I got to keep walking. So I was doing circles around my house, trying to stretch out my knee before this call, you know, and, and that's just part of life. And I had to get used to it, uh, for the psoriasis that that's been interesting. I, we think my medication is starting to not work anymore. And so we're in the midst of, of a change, which is actually not a bad thing. All my specialists are working together and they said they think the best option for me at this point is a jack inhibitor. And so we are phasing me out of my methotrexate and my Otesla, and we're going to switch over to Renvoke because Renvoke I guess, can treat all of the conditions together. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would be getting less side effects, uh, less problems. And, and supposedly this is like the miracle drug. So, <laughs> so my, my hope is that I will stop having these awful pustules on my hands that are driving me crazy because it's hard, you know, you go to wash your hands and it really hurts because you have these sores all over and one of my doctors described it as like a, a burn from the inside out. Cause that's kind of what it looks like when, when you have a really bad breakout and uh, it's, it's, it, and it feels like a burn. It's mm-hmm. almost like once you can finally get those to, to pop and all of that to drain your skin starts to feel better. And so whenever there's a breakout like that, touching things, washing your hands, getting your nails done, it it's not fun. It's not pleasant. It hurts. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, so for sure. That's, so that's definitely one of my biggest challenges. And of course, you know, losing hair, that's not been fun. And and so there's been a lot of tears over the last four months, but I do have, I don't even know if I can show you, there's some spots over here that I have like an, a, a half an inch of hair coming in. So, you know, it's not fun when you take a shower and you're finding handfuls of hair and, and not sure why. Yeah, no, for sure. That must've been scary as well. Um trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just jumping back into, um, what you were mentioning about the doctors and getting diagnosed, did you ever experience any, um, what they call like medical gaslighting or feeling dismissed or anything like that, whether it was because I know you mentioned it was because of like their errors of not sending things over properly, but could, was it ever because of, um, like mental health, them saying it was mental health or anything like that? 
Um, okay, so I probably have two examples that I can think of mm -hmm. off the top of my head. So that same rheumatologist that I was going to, he would not diagnose me for a year. And, and that's when I finally left his office, a year of just giving me medications, but not telling me what we were treating. And I can't even really describe it well. Cause it's, I mean, first of all, it's been a while, it's, it, you know, that was way back in 2011. Um, but it felt like I didn't matter to him. And, and so finally I, I found that there was a rheumatologist in the same town as me and he wasn't as recommended as, as the one that I'd gone to. But when I switched, I was diagnosed the very day that I went in for my first appointment. He, he was like, I'm looking at all your labs. I'm looking at, at you and you, you have rheumatoid arthritis. So, uh, so, I mean, just the, the lack of care and concern and, and not treating it the way he should have. But on top of that, the next thing that happened with that same doctor was one of the first medications he tried me on, I had an allergic reaction to it. And I wasn't, I wasn't even home. I was actually in the middle of nowhere. My parents live in a tiny town in the middle of the country and we were visiting them. And I woke up that morning and I felt strange, but I wasn't sure why. And I went to walk up their stairs and go in the kitchen. And I was going to tell my husband that something fell off. And I, I went in, washed my hands. I was about to turn around and things got strange. My, my vision got blurry. I couldn't speak. I went to touch him. And next thing I knew I was on the ground and they were picking me up. I had had a seizure, never had one in my entire life. Um, I had fallen, hit in my head. I cut my lip open. <clears throat> they carried me out into the living room, got an ice pack. And my husband quickly started looking up the medication I was on and all the, the possible bad reactions. And one of them was seizures. And so we called their office and they began to argue with us, telling me to stay on the medication. Oh my. And, and he said, it's really important that we get your inflammation under control. You need to stay on this. And, and he's like, besides you have epilepsy, uh, isn't, isn't that why you had this happen? And I, I was like, since when have I ever had epilepsy? I've never been diagnosed. I've never had a seizure in my life. Why do you think this? It turns out there was a medication I was given for, uh, migraines that treats epilepsy. So the rheumatologist, he just made a snap decision that, oh, she takes this. She must have epilepsy. And so I, I did feel like there was gaslighting going on there because he was not listening. He was not taking me seriously. And we were like, we are not, we're not taking this. Right. We, so we threw it away. And, and the next appointment, I, I said, what's the next option? Because I refuse to take that. I disagree with you. It's, and I'm not taking chances. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. That that's that must have been so scary for sure. Um, Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And especially being in the middle of or not close to any hospitals, that must have been quite scary. Yeah. You know, it's spring break. Uh, they did have like one like little family clinic in town, but it was closed down for spring break. Like everyone pretty, pretty much closes down and leaves that town and they go and do fun things for spring break. So it was one of those 
do we drive two hours to take me to a, an ER or, you know, do we just kind of watch me and see if I'm okay? And we, mm-hmm. we just kind of aired on watching me and, and I was fine after that. Cause I stopped taking the medication. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. And then, um, I know you mentioned when you first started getting diagnosed, you had kids, um, who were like young and, um, I'm wondering how your support system had changed, how having children um, in the mix of having all these chronic conditions, how that um, how that went and how it changed over the course of getting diagnosed. Yeah, it was not. Yeah. You know, my, my kids, they definitely knew what was going on because, you know, they were middle school age and, and so we were honest with them. What was hard was I started to feel a very big lack of support. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a friend tell me that she couldn't handle being friends with me anymore because she had gone through a severe loss of a husband that had like a disease that took his life and, and she was his caretaker and it was very hard and scary on her. And, and so she couldn't handle being friends with someone that was sick. Sorry. I just had a crazy cat walk by. So if you heard that, I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> And so that was, that was heartbreaking, you know, because you're going through such a hard time and and typically we lean on our friends and family and we didn't have family that lived nearby. And so to have a friend tell me that she couldn't handle being my friend, that was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were other friends that, that stepped up, you know, people that would help out with the kids if I needed it and uh, check in on me. You know, I had friends that went with me to appointments and Yeah. Yeah, no. And then um, your children understood what was happening. Um, and how did they cope, if I can ask? It's interesting. You know, you can raise all your children the exact same way, but they all have different personalities. And I always tell people that, you know, uh, it, so I had one child that was always super, super concerned and always checking in on me and and bringing me a blanket or bringing me an ice pack, all the things. Uh one kid that, you know, he, he was living his life, interested in girls, but he also has a heart of gold. And so sometimes, you know, it would occur to him that I'm not doing okay. Um, but the rest of the time, you know, being a normal selfish child, wanting to hang out with all the girls and do all the things. And then one child that she was just always kind of in her own little world, doing her own little things. And, and that was, I mean, it's fine. They all have different personalities. And And the last thing I wanted was, a bunch of attention anyway. I didn't want to take away from their their lives. I, I wanted them to still have a normal life and not feel like they needed to worry about me. I wasn't dying. You know, I was doing my best to not show how I felt all the time. But there were a couple family trips that were rough in the beginning. We have some family photos that everyone likes to tease me about of when my husband finally said, okay, that's it. You can't keep up. You're in pain. We're going to go get a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the zoo and they, they got me a wheelchair. And, uh, and so there's quite a few photos of me in this wheelchair and my, my son was having a blast. He, uh, we were going up to where it kind of sloped down to go to the next place. And he just kind of hushed me and let me keep going. And I was like, Hey guys, come on, this is, somebody come get me. I'm going down a hill. And so I think sometimes we we just tried to make light of things and have fun despite what was going on. And, you know, and now that they're older, they've told me, yes, how, how worried they've been over the years, but we tried to make light as much as we could. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And now just jumping, um, you mentioned this a little bit earlier at the beginning, um, but you have your own podcast and you have your own social media page. And so what made you want to um, start advocating and start that all up? Oh, yeah. So in uh, probably around 2020, I had started a separate Instagram. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. But I met a girl named Chelsea that is a professional dancer in, in New York City, and she ran a podcast called My Immune System Hates Me. And I came across her because of another account that I followed that had been on her podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love these people. These people are amazing. And Chelsea also ran a uh, support group every Thursday. So I joined the support group. And and we all got to be really good friends. You know, there was a good core five to eight of us that would meet every Thursday. And several of them had also been on her podcast. And we just, we loved talking about what we were going through. And it was all a group, uh, mostly that we all had RA. Um, and so we could talk about medications, bounce ideas off of each other. It was fabulous. Well, in 2022, Chelsea decided, you know, her life was getting kind of back to, to normal again, and and she didn't have as much time, and so she decided to close down the podcast. And I'd always joked around with her and others about doing one, but several people encouraged me to start one up. And so I created My Spoonie Sisters, and it, it kind of turned into a community as well. There's an Etsy shop. People are trying to get me to be more on YouTube. I'm, I'm trying. It's not my thing, but trying to get it on YouTube as well. But that's kind of how the whole thing started. And it was about, you know, highlighting people going through similar things. And, and it's, it has been a blast. I've met so many amazing people and I love sharing stories of, of what the people do and live with and how they persevere. Yeah, no, for sure. And then my last question for you today is if anyone had is starting their health journey or they're in the thick of either getting diagnosed or they're just in the thick of a flare or something like that, do you have any words of encouragement or um, advice um, could be related to you, your conditions in particular, or just in general? You know, I, I tell most people pretty much the same thing. It doesn't matter if they have what I have or something else, but I always tell them, I I understand that you're struggling. I understand you're hurting, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, you're, you are hurting, but be careful not to get stuck in that because your life is still worth living. It's just going to look a little different Mm -hmm. and that's okay because, but you matter, you're enough, you're valuable and so you need to, you need to try to find your own way of, of living your best life, despite what you're going through. And so don't be afraid to talk to people and reach out and ask for advice on, on things they've tried or done and what has helped them. We're not all the same, but, you know, I will take everyone's recommendations in a heartbeat and I will try every single one of them because if, if 10 things are recommended, maybe two will work. And so find your people that want to listen to you, find your people that want to recommend you, but don't get stuck mourning the life you once had, because this life is still beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, I do want to say, um, where can everybody find you on Instagram once again? Oh, yes. Okay. So my main account is gracefully underscore Jen. 
or of course there's the podcast and it's um, my Spoonie sisters. So yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I do appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And I really hope to have you over on my Spoonie sisters as well. (music) 